missed my dog. That's fair. The worst part was I got home and I was like talking to my dad in the living room and I think my dog heard my voice from upstairs so I hear him run down but he also didn't know my dad was home because my dad had like just gotten home before me uh-huh. with McDonald's Ooh. so my dad was sitting on the couch eating McDonald's so Hunter comes and he runs towards me and he smells the McDonald's and he fucking stops and he goes and he sits down next to my dad oh, no greeting for me harsh. whatsoever I was very upset that's always the problem when I come home for from school to my parents place because my dad's always going to be, he picked me up or whatever, right? Yeah. So he's been gone for like four hours. So the dog's <laughs> always more excited to see him than she is to see Aww, me. Oh, buddy. But it's fine. I'm over it. The dog also hates going in the car with me because I only ever take her to get haircuts. <laughs> Meanwhile, loves getting in the car with my dad because... They go to Tim Hortons together, and she gets a Timbit. Aww. And considering she's an 11-pound dog, a Timbit's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. He gets her Timbits? Yeah. Aww. Hello, and welcome to Unstable Universes, the podcast where we ruin two of your favorite fandoms at once. I'm Evan Rell. And I'm Alana Hopper. Uh, this is the podcast where we randomly generate fanfiction with our random Tana Phantom generator, and then we write that fanfic... And then we read them to you lovely folks out there in the world. Last week, our... Our fan fictions were James Bond. Yes. Cars 2. Uh-huh. With a Victorian-era twist. Great. And how did that twist go? Uh, mine's not very twisted. Mine's not either. Mine's also not very Victorian or very James Bond. Lots of cars, though. I do have a lot of cars. That's good. Mine's... <laughs> My guy's called James Bond, and that's mostly where the similarities end. Yeah, my guy's called James Bond, too. But also, he's a car. <laughs> for, Surprise. Oh, twist. For a long time, for the first, like, little bit, I was writing it instead of as James Bond. I was writing it as that SNL sketch where uh, Sean Connery is on Jeopardy. Okay. Have you never seen that? No. There's just some dude doing a Sean Connery impression, and any question is just like, Your mother, Trebek. So the first, like, eight lines of my fic originally were, like, Q saying, all right, you got a new mission, and then he's like, too bad I was out late fucking your mother, Trebek. (laughs) But then I'm like, no, this is bad and stupid, delete. Jeez. That is bad and stupid. And I'm not sure what I came up with is any better, but it's not that. (laughs) So at least we won't be spoiled for it. Even if it's just as bad, it's not spoiled. No. Yours is spoiled, though. Mine's spoiled. Oh, God, everyone knows that James Bond is a car. Fuck. And that's the only interesting thing that's in my fanfic. Shit. (laughs) Who's reading first? I'm reading first. You're reading first. Oh, no. It's a me. What's your title, bitch? (laughs) I thought that I had a better last line than I do. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Like, when I was writing, I'm like, yeah, the last line is going to be the title. But my last line is literally just, curse you, James Bond. Are you going to go for that? (laughs) Yeah. Why not? We don't have good titles here. No. Yours are usually better than mine anyway. I know I'm going to be shown up. No. And we have a write-in, so I'm sure that's going to show both of us up. Probably. All right, so this is Curse You, James Bond? Yeah. By Alana. Sadly. Unfortunately. Sirens wailed down the streets of London. They raced toward the city's heart, which was currently being consumed in flames. Little bitch screams rang out everywhere. A car rolled 
onto every screen in the city. <laughs> like, if it's a live video feed to every screen in the city, the car rolls into frame. There's no such thing as a screen in the Victorian era. We're not in the Victorian era yet. Why not? <laughs> what? <laughs> a car rolled onto every screen in the city, and James Bond watched from where he was parked in Leicester Square. All elected officials are dead. Your royal family is dead. You have no one left to rule you, except me. The car in question was Goldfinger. The pure gold Hummer had been trying to take down London for some time now. Nobody thought he would ever be successful. Wow. James Bond. That's a James Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> See, I did some research. Bond buzzed over the telecom. Mater, it's time for plan B. Meet me at the rendezvous point. The what? Came Mater's stupid American accent. Inside the face of Big Ben was Bond's short reply before he raced off. There was no fixing the damage that had already been done. His only option to save London was to go back in time. Dun dun dun. Thank you for the music. Chapter break. When are we going back to, Mater? Asked James Bond. Uh, my quit? Should I do an accent? Yeah, do an accent. Only if you do an accent for okay, my Mater character. Okay, I can do a southern accent. Alright, I have a lot of Mater. Oh, jeez. Uh, my research says that the person who was behind all this is bad stuff was called me glint <laughs> was called me glinton quench and the only record of a race car with that crazy name was way back in 1892 then set the time machine to go back to that date it doesn't surprise me that goldfinger's crime syndicate goes back that far mr bond adjusted his hubcaps and rolled into the large time machine mater followed close behind there was a large flash and the f sound of gears grinding against each other. The two cars shook as they traveled back in time. Chapter break. Yep. <laughs> the Victorian era was terrifying for Mater. Instead of the engines and parts he knew and loved, hairy beasts were dragging everyone around. Cars had no ability to move on their own. It reminded him of retirement homes, and he shuddered. We are going to need our disguises for this one, Mater, James Bond said. He had already changed. It was now a simple wooden cart with two stuffed horses attached. <laughs> well, those don't look very real now, do they? Asked Mater. Mr. Bond just gave him a side eye, and Mater rightfully let the conversation go. Hello, boys, came a sweet and lovely voice over their telecoms. Hey, that's my girlfriend, Holly Shiftwell, exclaimed Mater in excitement. Make that ex-girlfriend. We are through. You are too stupid for someone as hot as me. As a parting gift, I've outfitted your GPSs with the last known location of Mr. Quench. Goodbye forever. And just like that, Holly's voice cut out. In case you don't know, Holly is essentially the Q of Cars 2. Okay. I figured you wouldn't know. Nope. Also, they use disguises a lot. They have like a little little thing on their head that makes them look like anything that they want. Oh, to. damn. That would have been good to know. Yeah. But whatever. I'm sorry, Mater. Let's worry about that later. I can find tons of hot Bond chicks for you to enjoy, comforted James Bond. But for now, we need to get going. Mater was too stupid to understand what had just happened. <laughs> I call Mater stupid a lot in this. You sure do. The two disguised boys made their way to the address, trying their best to blend in with Victorian society. 
made her fit in with the rest of the uneducated public, but his American accent was extremely obvious. The house that the GPS led them to was a large Victorian-style mansion. <laughs> oh, so it's pretty new! It had a wraparound porch and was made of dark wood with large, rounded turrets. Well, that's a house if I've ever seen one, Mater said. Uh, he drove up to the front walkway and banged on the door using one of his front tires. Thanks for the sound effect. Mr. Bond wanted to do more of a sneaky spy approach, so he used his grappling hook to get to the roof and sneak around. Hello, Mr. Mater. I've been expecting you. Please come inside, said the mysterious car. Holy, I didn't even know I was going to end up here. And I don't even look like me. You sure are a smart guy, responded Mater, and he walked oh. into the house. <laughs> Oops. This sure is a nice place you got here. Me and my bud James came to ask you some questions. Who? asked the decrepit wagon. Mater turned around to point at his good friend James Bond, only to realize he was alone in the sitting room with the strange car. Oh, uh, never mind. Looks like Mater is taking this mission solo. Mater parked in one of the car holders and prepared to begin his interrogation. Yeah, they kind of have car holders that they, like, sleep in and whatnot in cars. Kinky. Yeah. So tell me how you help Mr. Goldfinger. So I can stop it. Doesn't that seem like something Mater would say? Probably. He's doing some real bad stuff in the future that's making all your Brits go up in smoke. I heard it's you, Mr. Me Glinton Quench, that is behind everything. So tell me who you are and tell me you'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> a loud thump came from upstairs as well as the sound of a machine gun firing. Both men sitting downstairs chose to ignore it. Well, Mr. Mater, I would like to begin my response by saying that I have the utmost respect for you, and it is because of this respect that I will take off my disguise. The disguise of the beat-up wooden wagon vanished, revealing a sleek red race car with the flaming number 95 painted on its door. Lightning McQueen! Mater screamed in happiness, rushing up to his bestest friend in the whole entire world. Mater, no! came James Bond's scream. His gum froze in a perfect circle as he sped down the ramp in slow motion towards the pair of ex-best friends. In the same slow motion, Lightning McQueen popped open his hood and shot Mater right in his big fat face. Time sped up again and James Bond shot at Lightning McQueen's tires to keep him from running away. You were clever, weren't you, me glinting quench? An anagram for Lightning McQueen. <laughs> anagram for lightning queen in case you're curious i was very curious i bet you thought nobody would figure it out luckily for me i knew nobody would have such a stupid name and sent it to q for further examination james bond said he rolled over to the bar and poured himself a glass of triple distilled motor oil oh. all of your men upstairs are dead <laughs> and i've rigged this place to blow goldfinger will never rule london you're going to go down with your ship and I'm going to roll away from the explosion slowly. James Bond exited the beautiful country home and hit the button, sending a huge mushroom cloud up in, into the sky. The loud cry of Lightning McQueen rose out of the rubble as he slowly burned to death next to his ex-best friend. Curse you, James Bond! Isn't that great? That was a trip. Yep, it was a thing. <laughs> Me glinting quench. <laughs>
Yeah, I was gonna actually come up with an actual anagram that sounded like a name, but I was too lazy to. So you put it in anagram.com? Yeah, and it gave me me glinting quench. <laughs> well, it was glinting quench me. Uh, and I didn't like that at all. You didn't like glinting me quench? I like me glinting quench. Quenting me glinch? <laughs> when you first read it, did you realize it was an anagram for Lightning McQueen? I didn't. Oh, I'm glad. I didn't even think about that. I thought you were just <laughs> writing like an idiot. See, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping that everyone just chalked it up to, like, stupidity. But really, there was some detective work. Some spy work to be had. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you ready to have yours read? I guess. Okay, what's the title? I was hoping you'd forget to ask. <laughs> I feel like one of these days I might, though. Mine's gonna be called... Maters Are Forever. A play on Diamonds Are Forever. A James Bond film that I haven't seen. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay, Sure. Or should it be You Only Made Her Twice? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, it's gonna be You Only Made Her Twice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of You Only Live Twice. Yeah, I got that. The one where he gets shot in the first, like, five minutes, but lives somehow. Amazing. You Only Made Her Twice. Yeah. By Evan. Land ho! Came a scream from the crow's nest. The cheers and hollers from the crew and passengers roused James Bond from his drunken stupor. He shook himself awake a little more, tipping the bottle of rum leaning against him. How long had it been since they left England? Where were they again? Does he drink rum? That's just what pirates drink. Interesting. They're not pirates, but... Oh, okay. I thought that you were going for a piratey feel. No. Okay. That's just what you drink on a ship. Okay. The HMS Victoria dropped the anchor and everyone was filing off, excited to touch real earth once again. Bond held back for a moment taking a now-tattered note from his jacket pocket. The slip of paper read, 007, your assignment is to travel to the Americas in to hunt down American spy Rod Redline. He has caused much trouble since America's independence and must be put down. He spends much of his time on Ellis Island monitoring imports. Find him and put an end to him. Godspeed, M. Blimey, that's right, Bond muttered to himself. His excessive drinking left his eight-week stint on the boat blurry at best. He stumbled over to the off-board ramp and barely made it down without falling flat on his face. M had given him very little information about his target, only that he would stand out in a crowd. With this knowledge, Bond ventured forward into the United States. Unfortunately, however, no one stood out. Uncountable, plain white faces walked past him without giving him a second glance. Bond examined passerbys for hints as to who could possibly be an American spy, but he was at a loss. After wandering for an hour, the longest he'd been without a glug of rum since he'd set off on this damned mission, Bond gave up on his, sh- Bond gave up on his search. Dejected, angry, and worst of all, hungover, he leaned against a rusted heap of metal sitting at the edge of an alleyway. Bond looked at the note again, but no new words revealed themselves to him. Just the same vague statement about Ellis Island. His head dropped to his hands. This was useless. He left his country, his life, money penny, for this? He couldn't even find his target. Pardon me, fella, you're sitting on me. Bond's head jerked up and his eyes darted around to see who had just spoken, but all he saw was the same flow of foot traffic ignoring his very existence.
Who said that? Show yourself! Damn you! Fun throated angrily. Ew! <laughs> Down here! You're sitting on my nose! The voice came. I really hope this is Mater. It uh, is. Okay. <laughs> what else is all a rusted heap of metal? I, I guess. You're sitting on my nose! The voice came again. Bond jumped up from his uncomfortable seat on the rusted metal. It was a carriage-like structure, but with an extended front end. The metal shook and contorted as their conversation continued. Who are you? This was the first time Bond was ever concerned that his drinking habit was actually affecting his job performance. What the hell was he seeing? I made her. Like, tomater, But without the tuh. That's from the movie, right? Is it? I think so. I like that. It might be the first movie. (laughs) The voice came again, now massive eyes open where the front windows should be. Well, that definitely stands out. A talking machine, Bond thought. This must be the target, assuming a fake name to throw him off the trail. The name Bond. James Bond. British intelligence. Bond responded, hoping for a flash of recognition in his target's eyes. But Mater's windshield eyes remained as glazed as ever as he took that information in. This bastard's good. Well, hot dang for British intelligence. You sure did end up pretty darn tootin' lost. This is America. Mater laughed. This is so stupid. (laughs) Yes, it's my vacation. Bond improvised. Why did I tell him where I work? Damn my drunken mouth. Vacation? I know some great tourist spots, Jimmy. Made her scream with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show y'all around. The two traveled throughout New York City and Mater showed him all of his favorite spots. The two spent most of the day meandering up and down the streets with Mater pointing out as much history as he could remember. As the sun was beginning to set, Bond suggested a trip to the countryside, a chance to see the nature he'd never seen before. And it would be much easier to dispatch such a large body in a place without large groups of onlookers. Bond rode and made her. Oh. Bond <laughs> rode and made her on the way out of the city, fascinated by his inner workings. It's about to get a little gross for a bit. He appeared to be mechanical, but was able to speak and react like a true human. It was impressive, to say the least. After an hour of travel and idle chat, Bond was satisfied that they were far enough away from civilization for the execution to be properly private. Pull over, he commanded. Can do, Jimmy. What do you need? Mater said, veering off the road and into a meadow of wildflowers. You, Mater. I need you. Bond uttered gruffly, grabbing a hold of Mater's gear shift. His fingers danced over it gently, and he could feel Mater's chassis shudder from the attention. Jimmy, you sly dog, chortled Mater softly. I hate this. This is gross. (laughs) That was the hope. Bond's soft touch turned into an iron grip on the gear shift, and he quickly pulled Mater into park. Simultaneously, with the other hand, he yanked the emergency brake. Mater was completely paralyzed. He climbed out of the car's front door and stalked around to Mater's front bumper so that they could look eye to eye. You thought you could outsmart me with a simple moniker, Rod Redline? Bond taunted. Who's Monica? Mater asked, terrified tears filling his eyes. Enough playing dumb. You are Rod Redline, barked Bond. Usually his villains had him in compromising positions like this, so this was a lovely change of pace. Bond reached into his coat pocket and took out some of the small hard candies they had purchased during their jaunt through the city. He popped one in his mouth as he began to saunter around Mater's frozen body. 
When he reached Mater's flank, he ripped out Mater's gas cap and tossed a handful of the candies down into the tank. Mater screamed, ringing out through the darkness of the surrounding wilderness. As if, in response, another cry echoed across the meadow. Ka-chow! A roar started to rumble from the distance. It sounded to Bond like Mater when he was driving, but louder, more powerful, and it was getting closer. A streak of red raced across the meadow, plowing directly into James Bond's chest with a sickening crunch of fiberglass bumper meaning bone. Lightning, I'm so glad you came, Mater sniffled, trying to hide his tears. Ka-chow! The end. The end. <laughs> Can you tell I didn't know how to finish it? Yes. I like that. No, I'm, I'm kind of confused about James Bond's purpose. He had to kill Mater. Okay. But it wasn't Mater. Yeah. So the original idea for that okay. was going to be James Bond was sent to America to try to figure out how to end the Irish potato famine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so he was going to meet up with Mater. But then he was gonna fuck Mater, and Mater was gonna give him, like, a drawing of, like, his engine, so essentially Mater's nudes. Okay. (laughs) And then he'd take that back, they'd make a bunch of money off of, like, gas engines. Yeah. And that's how they'd end the famine, which I don't think that's how that works, but whatever. No, but I I support it. But then I didn't want to write a sex scene between James Bond and Mater, so that's as far as I got. I like it. I, I appreciate the lack of sex scene. And so they were just cars. Like, they were legitimately just cars. James Bond was a person. Yeah, but it's like, instead of having, like, horse-drawn carriages or something, they just yeah. had cars in Victorian era. Well, there's no explanation. He was the only car. No, because there's also... There was also Lightning, Lightning McQueen. McQueen. Only cars characters. Car. Only fucking cars characters are cars. There's no That's other fair. cars. Yeah. I didn't want to have to explain it, because I couldn't. Yeah. Why bother? All right, and to round off today's festivities, we have another write-in from Bobby Flay. That's two in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just Bobby Flay. He found a writing partner. Yeah. Chef Boyardee. Oh. Amazing. I'm really glad that this podcast is bringing people together. I'm so glad that this podcast is bringing famous chefs together. <laughs> it's very much in the Christmas spirit, you know? Yeah. Bring people together to write wholesome fan fictions, which I'm sure this one will be. I just read three words. And? Destroy Dick December. Oh, no! (laughs) Are you familiar with that concept? No, I'm not. Okay, so did you hear about No Nut November? Yeah, so this is just where you have to profusely... You do one on de- December 1st, okay. two on December 2nd, three on December 3rd, oh. four on December <laughs> all the way up to 31. Oh, wow. So it's Destroy Dick December. I've never hit 31. No, who has? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it just seems like a little too much, you know? Still right. reading it. This is the colon cup. The colon cup, okay. By Bye. Chef Boyardee and Bobby Flay. Nice. And Bobby Flay told me specifically... Mostly Chef Boyardee. Okay. <laughs> he was the censor, right? Yeah. To Chef Boyardee? He, he was the, the moderator. Yeah, sounds good. It was a cold night on the eve of December 14th, 2008, in Kiev. After being captured by those mischievous Ukrainians, James was all alone in the unsanitary, secluded, sticky dungeon. All he had to entertain himself in his cell was a Cars 2 playset, age 7+. plus. 
Mr. Bond tried to pass the time by keeping up with the Destroy Dick December challenge, but two weeks in, and he was craving physical affection from someone besides Rhonda and LaFonda, righty and lefty. Ooh. It had been a fortnight since Bond had felt any sort of embrace. With a fire burning within him, he forged a plan to escape. Ooh. You ever just so horny that you have to escape prison? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. This, this is what James Bond is, is up to. Did he successfully complete the 14 days? I guess. So far? Interesting. He had attempted to escape before, but this time was different. He tried to sleep, but was kept up by thoughts of freedom. Around 3.15 in the morning, the witching hour, it hits him like a bag of dicks. The cars are the key. He begins his plan by whipping up a new batch of his homemade lube, a family secret recipe. (laughs) Is it spit? Doesn't say. Too bad. James dunked the cars one by one into the sloshing pool of fresh lube until they were smothered and slurped them down one by one until even Mater was slipping down his gullet. Ooh, geez, that would be horrible to swallow. Toy Lightning McQueen roared to life as he entered James's insides. He looked around this mystical world within James Bond and took his first breath. This is getting weird. I like that. It's interesting. The streets were dimly lit. <laughs> Only horse-drawn carriages and overly decadent women bustled about the busy streets. <laughs> Even though there was no outside indication, the Cars 2 cast all knew, on the inside, their purpose here. Drive. Drive fast. This was a race. The Colon Cup. Jesus! The most stimulating race throughout all of the Victorian era. A race over the Hershey's Highway and out the puckered starfish. (laughs) Vroom! The race was on. As the cars vroomed by, the citizens of Bond's internals stood puzzled and flabbergasted. "'Tis this!' one shrieked. "'This is unholy! This is the work of witches and warlocks!' throated another. "'Oh, God! Throated again!' Within James's insides existed a world where heathens burn at the stake, one of kings, queens, and demon slayers. The shocking presence of cars racing down their roads had caused an angry mob to form... And they were fast, catching up on the slower cars easily. Mater was caught shortly after the chase began and was dismantled faster than you can say, Ka-chow! Jeez. That's another Mater death. Yeah. Fearing a similar fate, the racers skadooshed into hyperdrive. <laughs> Finn McMissile even activated his victorious vibrating Vroomatizer. An acid reflux scorned his esophagus. Bond knew his devious plan was working and that his escape was imminent. As the racers vroomed into the lower intestine, the colon cup was coming to a swift and stimulating end. Bond lined up his shot, ensuring a pinpoint trajectory. He entered a squatting position, gripped his knees, and clenched. The blast was going right into the keyhole of the lock that so cruelly entrapped him. The angry mob had fallen behind, and the glow of their torches began to fade. The final stretch was pitch black until Lightning McQueen spotted a light ray emitting into the darkness up ahead. The finish line was within his sights. He and the rest of the racers hit full speed and into the light. As McQueen's engine rumbled, Mr. Bond's Finn McMissile launched, and the racers were propelled toward their final target through a convulsing finish line. This was Newton's second law of motion in action. The boys hit their target with full force and the lock exploded. James was free, 
With no time to spare, James evacuates the final contenders and sprints for freedom. <laughs> As James flees, the racers gather. Cheers erupt for the champion. All are relieved that they have escaped, too, from the wrath of the Victorian horde. The end. That was interesting. That, it was a different take, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely was. But it's like, it was a storyline. You know? Like, I thought it was going to be, honestly, like a mess. I thought it was going to be a Jamie Oliver fic. The, well, that's just the magic of Bobby Flay. Yeah. They actually edited this. There was a first draft and a second draft. What? I know. That's insane. No wonder it had, like, such a compelling story. Yeah. Riveting. <laughs> That's one that Bradley Manhans will be on the edge of his seat for. Five weeks. <laughs> no! Ha- Did we mention him last week? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought we'd missed a week. No, because last week was Orin High School Host Club, and I wrote in Manhands. Oh, God, how dare you. <laughs> you did it this time. I know. I-, I didn't know that we'd already mentioned it four weeks in a row. We commented on it last week. Yeah, but I thought that we had a week in between where there was no nothing. Nope. No nothing. No nothing. And with that, shall we move right into Random Phantom Phantoms? The yeah. part where we generate two fandoms and a tag for next week's fanfiction crossover. That's right. Now, this is a little bit uh, set up, I will admit. Yeah. Because next week is our Christmas episode. So the tag is Christmas. Yep. I'm glad the transparency we have there. Because we could have, like, randomized him and been like, Oh, what are the chances the tag is Christmas? No. I went on my rant last week about the random tandem fandoms generator learning. Yeah. This would just put many listeners over the edge. Yeah. And uh, they would be afraid that Skynet had taken control <laughs> and that I had started it. So, gotta be transparent. Yep. This is set up. The two fandoms still totally random. Yeah. So, hit that button, Evan. Jesus. Jeez. So, we're looking at Phineas and Ferb. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. And, of course, the tag is Christmas. Oh, man. That's super exciting. <laughs> like, I'm actually excited for this. This is cool. I like this one. <laughs> All right. What do you know about Phineas and Ferb? Um, it's two stepbrothers. Right. During summer vacation. They create fun things to do to keep themselves busy. And they have a sister named Candace, played by Ashley Tisdale, who comes in and tries to tell on them. And it doesn't work. And they're both trying to bang Isabella. Are they both trying to bang Isabella? Phineas is really into Isabella. But she kind of starts to go after Ferb later on in the series, I think. Ooh, drama. And it's kind of, like, shown that Ferb's into her. And then they have a pet platypus named Mm -hmm. Perry, who's a secret agent... Who's always trying to destroy doofenshmirtz. What do you know about It's Always Sunny? Okay, it's a sitcom, I guess. It's pretty dark. It's about five, six, five people? Five. That live in Philadelphia that are god-awful human beings. Yeah. Uh, They own a bar called Patty's Irish Pub. Yeah. And basically, they get into shenanigans that would get most people arrested. <laughs> yeah. Danny uh, DeVito's there. My da- dad. Yeah, Danny DeVito as Frank. Uh-huh. There's Charlie, there's Dennis, there's, there's Mac, Mac, and there's, and there's D. D. So that's five. And that's it. Yeah. 
That, basically, they just get up into shenanigans. Yeah, much like Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. Except not at all like Phineas and well, Ferb. Well, they don't ever... Create things. I guess they do create things. Do they? Sometimes. They get themselves into insane situations. Yeah. I guess it's never like, we built a rocket ship. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I got addicted to crack so that I could be on welfare. <laughs> And that was one of the early seasons. Yeah, that was like season they've, one or two. Yeah, they've had like ten seasons since then, and they had to amp it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you watch season one again, you're like, I remember being shocked by this when I watched it, but now mm-hmm. it seems like super tame. Of course. And uh, what do you know about Christmas, Alana? Christmas has presents and snow mm-hmm. and Jesus. Oh, love that guy. So much Jesus and trees and peppermint and gremlins and that's it that's That's christmas that's literally christmas yeah i'm excited i don't know what i'm gonna do but i'm excited okay our two segments have been completed that's right that means we move on to the third segment where we beg you to rate us on itunes please rate us on itunes unstable universes give us five stars it helps us out apparently and we, we'd we love to read your review. Maybe even make it a fanfic. That'd be pretty funny. That would be. I'd enjoy that. I'd get a kick out of that. If you have the time and the energy, please do. Uh, we'd enjoy that. Yes. Where else can they find us? You can find us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Unstable Universes. You can find us on Twitter. At UnUnPodcast. That's U-N-U-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can find us on fanfic.net and AO3 mm-hmm. under Unstable Universes. We have all of our fics posted there. Yep. And if you want to write in, you can... You will not be able to this week. Oh yeah, no, you can't this week. Um, basically, since it's the holiday season, as we've discussed previously, we won't be in the same city. Yeah. So we have to pre-record a couple episodes, which means, unfortunately, this episode isn't going to be out by the time that we record the next episode, so you can't really write in for the next episode. Sorry, buds. If you want to write in, we'll definitely tweet out any links that you send us or something like that, if you upload it to AO3 or fanfic.net, but uh, unfortunately... We won't be able to read your fix. Sorry, guys. It's just how it's got to be for a couple weeks, but we'll get back to to reading your your horrible, awful, god-terrible story. God-terrible? What the fuck? God-terrible. <laughs> Stories in the new year. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and we will speak to you again next week. We'll throw words at you next week. We'll read our awful fix next week. 